So it's O.L. Reign against Gotham, Ali Krieger against Megan Rapinoe in what will be both of their last games. Yeah, I think this has the global appeal you'd want. Into the box again, headed down, up and he's hit it in. I tried to hold back the tears. We have uh, still more to do, but. And Williams has won it from Kurtz, and she's found Yasmin Ryan, and she has settled it. No, Dali Krieger's last game. Yes! To Stengel, Stengel with a strong. Let's go, in line, that cross, up the post and in! All rain are going to the final against Gotham next Saturday. San Diego's season is over. here on ESPN Plus for episode 300. And what a special episode it is as we are all in on the NWSL Championship now less than 48 hours away to be played at Snapdragon Stadium in San Diego. No Hercules Gomez today. I'm Sebi Salazar, not by myself, but don't worry, no Herc, but we got plenty of guests. In fact, let me just open up this list for you. We got Megan Rapino, Emily Sonnet, Rose Lavelle, Lynn Williams, Jessica Berman, the commissioner of the NWSL, going to join us, plus Ali Riley and Jeff Kasuf as we get ready to preview this final. But let's start the show welcoming in one of our very own, Ali Krieger of Gotham FC, who is with us here on Football Americas. Ali, great to have you with us. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. A little bit different than your usual role on this show where you're analyzing. <laughs> here you are the feature. You guys yeah. are in the final against OL Reign. How does it feel? It feels great. I'm so happy that I absolutely maxed out my entire NWSL experience <laughs> this year, and I'm playing in the final, and it's my final game. It really is the final game. I feel like we've been saying it's Ali Krieger's last <laughs> game for like two to three months. Have you been feeling that? I have. I have, but it's definitely my last game, and I'm so excited to be here and to play against one of my best friends um, and, and just share this experience with my team because we've really we've really done well this year, and we've really come from worst to first, mm -hmm. and it's just exciting to, to be in this final, share this experience with all of them and the coaching staff. What has the week been like? Because in the other weeks, there was the chance it could be your last game, yeah. but that's not what you were thinking. Now we know, no matter what happens Saturday, it's your last game as a pro. So what's your mindset been like? I've been just trying to soak it all in. Right, and just enjoy every single moment and be in the present, um, and, and and just enjoy this time with my teammates because I know it's definitely going to be my last. Um, enjoy the coaching staff, just enjoy um, touching the grass and and you know playing. Uh, my last training, full training session was today, and then tomorrow will be match day minus one. My last match day minus one training, so I'm just really trying to soak it all in as best I can and kind of um, be more attentive than than normal because everything is now my last, yes. and so it's it's exciting, um, but. Yeah, I mean, it's a like bittersweet at times. Let's go over some of the key moments because in your last regular season game, we didn't know if Gotham FC was going to be in the playoffs. There's, there's a play that for me is just like absolutely classic, quintessential Ali Krieger. Your, your career, not your season, is on the line, and Ali's sliding in behind, <laughs> saving the ball um, off the line. In that moment, did you realize kind of what that play was? Because it felt like a spark. It did. It was a spark. I just I didn't realize that it could potentially you know make or break our mm -hmm. season, and I, I had no idea at that point. I was just trying to help my teammate uh, Mandy, uh, you know, and just just save the save the the goal, the potential goal, and and I knew that I just needed to get back and to, yep. to help her in in the best way that I could, and and that was doing my job. Fair to call it a spark because it's easy to look back in hindsight and say that was the you know that was that was critical. Yeah, it was definitely a turning point. I think for us, like listen, at this moment, um, she had a clear shot on goal and I just tried to get myself back in time. That's uh, closing speed right there. Allie, give yourself a pat on the back. Are you sure you're ready to retire? Uh, yeah, I am. You I haven't am had ready. any second thoughts this week? No, I, I definitely you know, had yeah. second thoughts. And a lot of my teammates are like, one more year, mm -hmm. one more year. And the coaches, but I'm like, listen, I um, you know, I signed up for this and I'm, I'm ready to, to go on and move, move on to something else. So you mentioned you know, the chance to kind of go out going against one of your best friends. How is having this also become 
outcome, Megan Rapinoe's farewell impacted your experience of this, you know, championship week? It's been incredible to share such, um, uh, you know, our careers together and, and such a monumental moment for both of us in the NWSL. Like I said, we've really maxed out uh, our stay and, and really made this season, you know, memorable for both of us. And I think that, um, you know, we, we are going to share the field one last time. Unfortunately, we're not on the same team. <laughs> I mean, look at these photos. Look I mean, at it's, these it's, photos. It's, I mean, y'all have known each I don't other think forever. They picked, I don't think they chose the best one. Um, <laughs> production. Get on the production. Yeah. Come on, guys. Um, no, but this is such a, an amazing moment for both of us, and I'm so proud of her. Mm -hmm. um, not only just as my friend, but as you know, a former teammate with the national team. And so many years playing together. I've learned so much from her, um, and I hope she could say the same. And she's made me look so good out there that this is going to be really exciting to share this one last moment um, of our career together. And I couldn't have dreamt it uh, a better way. And I, I'm just thrilled. Do you remember your first Pino encounter? Do you remember like when you first met her and how the friendship started? Yeah, I was coming into camp in 2010, I think, back on the national team. Um, I had a couple stints like before the Olympics in 2008. Um, unfortunately, didn't make it, but I was an alternate. And so I didn't rejoin the team until 2010 consistently. And she, you know, I was just this girl from coming in from Germany. And mm -hmm. I think we just really connected um, just, um, I don't know, our personalities and um, the things we spoke about and, and just, I guess, our humor. And, and that was really enjoyable to me. That was what attracted to, you know, her to me most was just having those really deep conversations that we could really enjoy outside of, you know, the soccer field. Mm -hmm. I think um, on the field, of course, we're close, right? We're teammates. But then off the field, when you really connect with, with people and your, and your friends, that, that's really what it's all about. Mm -hmm. So you've grown up together. Also together, you've kind of had a chance to watch the NWSL grow up as you both kind of get ready for your last game. And, you know, obviously we're here celebrating the TV deal that was just announced today. Right. Do you ever think like, wow, and for, in your case, and I don't want to date you, but it's not just <laughs> NWSL, it's like WPPS. Like, you know, you know the history yeah. of women's soccer, how difficult it's been, you know, to, to get that continuity. Um, do you ever look back and marvel and be like, wow, I can't believe we're where we are today, given what you know about where we've been? For sure. And I think the first year, I mean, our purpose was to help this league mm. uh, succeed and to really see it through. And we knew what was at stake. I mean, all of us basically came together and we knew that we had to really give it our all. We had to work really hard every single day to get to where we are now. I mean, I remember not even having like a pair of socks my first mm. year and I had to, you know, go and try to find a pair of socks. And to now uh, we're sitting in this, you know, beautiful venue talking about our game, a championship game. And, and this is like an elite level now. And I I feel like when the players feel that, you feel important, you feel valued, appreciated, you're going to be more motivated to want to perform and, and have a better product out on the field. So yeah, I am so proud and happy to see where we've come because those were some dark days mm. early on and we fought and fought and fought and we've, we've won and won and won in order to now get to where we are and these players deserve the best in order to get a good product and I think if we continue that, um, there's, there's no doubt in my mind that this will just progress and, and grow in such a positive direction in the future. The end of your career, the end of Megan's career, you know, it makes us think of that core of like the 2015, 2019 national teams right. that won it all at the World Cup. And not all those players are retired, but more and more of them are either retired or, or heading that way. I've said this a couple times on this show and in, in other moments of the past, it really feels like with the NWSL, with the national team, we're in this moment of transition, end of an era. Mm -hmm. Is that fair? It is fair. And I think that it's a good thing. Um, you know, it's not better or worse. It's, it's excellent that we're moving forward and you can see just a different generation of players. And that's what's really exciting. That's what keeps fans really interested in our sport um, because, you know, there's, there's so many people now who can kind of relate to different players. And it's time for kind of a turnover, I feel like. And, and um, the younger players are, are able to now step up and really get the job done. And, and you're seeing just a different type of style, a different technical ability. And yeah, this is this is where the game is going. And I think that's where we were when we were young. And I think it's fair to say that it's definitely a turnover. And it's an exciting, exciting time for women's soccer. All right, let's lock in on the big game Saturday, the yeah. final. Mm -hmm. uh, as you look at this OL range squad, what are you worried about? 
I think their attacking ability, their front six is is really, really good. And, um, you know, it's going to be difficult to defend. Um, but I also think, um, I'm, I don't know if I'm so much worried about how they're going to perform. I think for us, we just need to focus on us and, mm. and how we can um, be an attacking threat uh, on the ball. And then what we can do without the ball, I think, is going to be most important for us. Because if we can control them without the ball, I think that's going to be really beneficial. And I think we did a good enough job against North Carolina and Portland with that. Um, you know, there were times, transitional moments, where we need to tidy up a little bit. But, you know, as long as we can have the details really cleaned up and, and organized, I think um, we're going to be successful. And I think we have such an attacking mentality um, that, that it'll be an exciting game. But it, it will be difficult. Uh, we played, you know, two times before, and we've grown so much mm. since then, both of our teams, um, you know, since we played last. And so, I don't know. They're, they're a bit unpredictable, but I think um, we will be able to shut them down and do our job and just control us, and it'll be exciting. I'm thinking of the OL Reigns San Diego semifinal. Like, that was the fifth time that they'd played this year. Yeah. As you mentioned, like, you don't really have a lot of experience going up against OL Reign. Do you prefer it that way, or would you rather be playing a team that you, like, you know inside and out? No, I think it doesn't matter who we play as long as we're just focusing on what we can do because we're such a good team that I think if we just play our game, that's, that's what matters most. And it doesn't really matter what other... Yeah, you want to be prepared. You want to know their strengths, their weaknesses, how to break them down, you know, what to expect. But I think, um, you know, we know each other as players, too, uh, on the field uh, enough that I think we're, we're prepared in the, in the sense that we will recognize um, what they will bring. And hopefully we'll be able to break them down as best as we can because we've done that all season. So anybody who opens up your Wikipedia can see all the things that you've won. <laughs> they would yeah. also, if they're looking between the lines, see the thing that you haven't won. Right. What would it mean? to have an NWSL championship? This would be a gift, um, not only to myself, but just to my career. Um, this would be a dream come true to win in my own country. The, the club um, championship is something that I've always wanted to win. I know I've, I've won it in Germany, but um, this is, you know, winning it in your own country is something different. And I think it would be the cherry on top to, to my career. And not that it will define it, because I will still be very proud and this will still be all so rewarding, but this will be magic if I could stand on that podium and, and hoist this trophy with my incredible teammates um, who've made me look so good all uh, my entire career. I, I can't wait. What a story it would be, Allie. What a story it would be to see you uh, go out on top. Listen, I, I've told you this before. Uh, we grew up in the same area. Mm -hmm. I've followed your career since we were high schoolers. Mm -hmm. Incredible to see um, all that you have accomplished. And I know that there's there's one more big thing out there for you on Saturday. There is. Thank you so much. There I'm so happy is. to be here. All right. Allie Krieger, two-time World Cup champion with the U.S. Women's National Team, joining us here on Football Americas and playing in the NWSL Championship game on Saturday against OL Reign. Allie, thanks so much for joining us Thank here you. on the show. All right. So, so we've got uh, a look at Ali Krieger's career stats here. As we mentioned, two-time World Cup champion uh, and, of course, a, a great final season in the NWSL with Gotham FC. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. 
right, let's go from Gotham FC to the other side of this NWSL Championship Final. That, of course, being OL Reign, the OL Reign star, none other than Megan Rapino. Uh, Megan Rapino, of course, playing in her last career game as well, after a career that, just like Ali Krieger's, captured two World Cup titles with the U.S. Women's National Team. And fortunately for me, earlier today, I had a chance to catch up with Megan Rapino. Let's hear what she had to say. Megan, here we are, 48 hours away from your last game as a professional. How are you feeling? I'm excited. Um, it's everybody's last game this year, so I feel like a little bit of the focus is off me. Just excited to be in the championship and try to get this uh, elusive chip. A lot of, you know, headline ink has been spilled over you and Ali Krieger kind of potentially going out together. What does that mean to you? Oh, man. I mean, this is going to be something we'll be, you know, talking about with, I don't know if I'm going to have kids, but her kids at least for a long time and over vacations and uh, many bottles of wine for years to come. So I think for us personally, it's just so special. Obviously, it's a fun storyline for everyone else. But um, for us, I think it's actually like just super meaningful and both looking looking forward to going at it. You mentioned chasing the chip. I mean, 18, 19 semifinals, 21, 22 semifinals. What does it mean to, to be here? Everything. Um, you know, obviously being in the championship, um, you know, way back a few years ago, coming up short the last couple times, um, to be able to play, you know, my last game ever, um, being in the most meaningful game that you can possibly play, playing for a championship. Uh, there's no, no better way to go out and hopefully be able to finally bring that piece of hardware back. And give us a quick scouting report, Gotham FC, kind of what, what do you expect in the final? Oh, man, they're just so good, so experienced. They obviously have championship-level experience all over the field. Um, they're so tough, obviously really difficult in the press, can score goals. Um, they have really dynamic players, so not going to give away a scouting report, but it's going to be tough. Thanks so much. Good luck on Saturday. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. No, no, no. Just give me the... And excited now to be joined by Jessica Berman. She's the commissioner of the NWSL. Great to have you here on Football Americas, and great to have you as a partner of ESPN. Congratulations. It's a great day. It's a historic yes. day for the NWSL and women's soccer globally. It sounds like a dramatic day as well. I was listening to your press conference. Is it true that these deals get signed, like, literally in the minutes leading up to the press conference? It is true. <laughs> uh, it was, you don't look that nervous. You don't I, look like it was stressful. We had to manifest our truth. Mm -hmm. That's been a theme for us in the last 12 to 18 months. We knew we had to just say it until mm -hmm. it became so. And that was true today as well. We knew we'd get it done. Uh, it just was a little more interesting and dramatic than maybe some would have liked. There's obviously in any big business deal, a lot of headlines. What for you is the most important takeaway from this? It's a great question. I think the most important takeaway for me is the broad reach and visibility we're going to get. This 2023 season, we had 30 national broadcast windows mm -hmm. in, out of all of our games. And next year, we're quadrupling that wow. to 118 across all four partners. And it really is a testament to the belief in our from our board's perspective and our owners that we want to invest in ourselves. And and we want to invest for the future because we know that that broad discoverability and reach and exposure is going to change the future of this game. Can I point out another headline? Yeah. The dollars, the reported dollars. I mean, yeah. you know, the reports are 60 million a year compared to what you were getting on your last deal. It's almost 40x. What are you going to do with all that money? How does that impact the NWSL and what we might see on the field or off the field? Well, we're going to invest it in this league because we have a lot of catching up to do. We're leveling up our broadcast production. We're making sure that we're doing all the things right for the to create the foundation and infrastructure to grow this league for the future. And building a business like a professional sports league is expensive. And mm -hmm. we're going to use those resources very judiciously and strategically to ensure that this league is positioned to be what we know it can be. So the TV deal was obviously like the big news today, but we are here in San Diego for the championship game. That's really the big story. As a league, I wonder how you guys come to the decision of, are we going to do our final in a neutral site or are we going to do it at the home of the highest seed remaining? And it's, it's a conversation that I'm sure not just NWSL has. We've seen it with Major League Soccer as well. There's a benefit to kind of waiting to see if a team that's going to be in it can host it. But there's also, I'm sure, some benefit to having a neutral site and being able to plan things. So obviously this year it didn't work out. You almost had San Diego in the final. But how do you feel on kind of 
where your finals are going to be moving forward? I think for the foreseeable future, we'll continue with a neutral site. Mm -hmm. We're open to the possibility that as our business evolves and grows, that we'll be very confident that the quick turn ticket yep. sales, That's can, really the ticket challenge, sales right? could actually manifest the kind of environment that we know the two championship teams deserve. Mm -hmm. And that planning time is really important. This is our 10 pole marquee event, and it has allowed for us to actually plan incredible activations from all of the league sponsors. And so we're having a fan fest by way of example. We're doing an incredible concert at fan fest with Bishop Briggs, which is presented by Adobe, one of our partners. We have all of our mm -hmm. incredible partners at the league who are here on site activating and engaging with our fans and the community here in San Diego, which creates an opportunity for one of our clubs, right? Mm -hmm. Because they'll be able to build on that momentum for next year. That was true last year in Washington and the year before in Louisville. I guess the fear is if it's at a neutral site, maybe nobody will show up, but we're already seeing you guys are over 20,000 for sales, right? So 22. It, 22 we're at 22 as of today. And, you know, it's a big stadium, yep. 32,000. And we're still hopeful this is a market that shows up in the final days and hours leading up to game time. And so we're still hopeful that we'll get to a sellout or close, definitely closer to. And certainly, you know, breaking records from last year in any championship in the history of the league. I mentioned in another show that we were doing how this is not the expected final, right? The top two seeds go out in the semis at home. But in many ways, I do feel like it's a dream final. And maybe you can put your marketing kind of commissioner hat on here. When you have the farewell match effectively for Megan Rapinoe, when you have a farewell match for Ali Krieger, those events on their own would be massive draws. To have both farewells on your championship game, I mean... It is a dream final for you in some way, right? It's a storybook ending to an incredible season and an incredible career for each of Ali Krieger and Megan Rapinoe. And I'm just so glad that they get to compete against each other for a championship on primetime television. Yep. And it's what they deserve, frankly. And they deserve to see what we've been building behind the scenes and experience what a premier sports event feels like. Female athletes haven't historically experienced that. And they've come here and seen 250 media members show up and be ready to ask tons and tons of questions about the game itself. Mm -hmm. It's really unprecedented in the history of this country and the way that people are ready to embrace and support the growth of women's sports and the NWSL in particular for the present and the future. Do you feel a little bit like it's the end of an era? Because as we see these greats, especially from like the 2015 team and the 2019 team that won World Cups that really brought the U.S. Women's National Team back into the kind of national consciousness in that way. Man, those are some mega stars that you now have to, you know, replace from like a star building marketing standpoint. Is there any concern there about kind of the big names that you're, you're set to lose here? Not just in Krieger and Rapino, but over the last few years, we've really seen some big name retirements. Well, we've seen the lasting impact of even if you look back to 99, Brandy Chastain and Mia Hamm and all of the people who really built the foundation of women's soccer in this country. And now that has happened on the backs of Megan Rapinoe and Allie Krieger. And it's our hope that we're not saying goodbye to them. Hopefully they'll stay engaged and involved in the league in the future. And I know that they have a lot of ways to contribute to our growth and they want to be part of what we are building collectively. We're doing this for them so that they can feel confident that they've left the game better than they found it. And we see that this is also an opportunity to pass the torch to the next generation of talent who are incredible. And from a U.S. Women's National Team perspective, those players competing in our league, watching the way Jaden Shaw performed mm -hmm. and watching the way Alyssa Thompson performed in their recent call-up, we know that the future is bright for the U.S. Women's National Team. Can we focus a little bit on expansion? We got uh, Utah, BFC next year. We got Boston kind of year after that. Long term, I've heard 16. Is that a number you're comfortable with, or do you see the NWSL maybe growing even beyond that? For now, we're set on expanding to 16 teams. Why 16? Why that number? Well, we've really been very intentional about ensuring that we're not expanding too quickly. Mm -hmm. So we're expanding by two teams for 2024, and we'll expand by two teams for 2026, knowing that for the league to absorb that from an infrastructure perspective, we want to make sure we're doing it with a real attention to detail and high quality control. And we also have to make sure that we're positioned to attract 
recruit and retain the best players in the world. We think of ourselves as the best league in the world, and we have to make sure that the player pool internationally is aware of our league, mm. that we're doing all the right things to cultivate the domestic player pipeline in terms of talent, and that we're positioned to be able to capitalize on that for the future. And so. I wouldn't say we're going to be done at 16 teams. I would say that we have to continue to assess and evaluate how much we can do beyond that as we evolve over the next two to four years. You know, it's not expansion, but I think it's another sign of growth. Not more important, but unique in a way, what Kansas City's doing. Uh, this idea that an NWSL team might have its own proper home. I'm not talking about 10 years ago. I'm talking about five years ago. That was kind of a pie-in-the-sky idea. Uh, how impressed are you with what's happening in Kansas City? How important is that to the future of the league? And is that the model moving forward? Because we've seen at the MLS, for instance, you've got to have you got to build a stadium to get in. That's not the case in the NWSL now. Could it be in the future? Well, I think it's a certainly a differentiating factor mm -hmm. in the expansion process, and we are so proud of what Chris and Angie Long are doing in Kansas City, and we also believe that what they are doing will be a proof of concept that other owners are going to want to scale and analyze and potentially implement in their own markets because controlling your home venue allows for you to control not just your revenue streams from a business perspective but as importantly your schedule and the schedule of when you play is probably the most important thing sure. to setting your team up for success and having optionality between days between times and not having to navigate or negotiate around another tenant or in most of situations we have a first tenant and so we think that's going to be an amazing case study that we're excited to present to others especially because they did it with private funding. Mm. We also know that in Boston, for example, it's a slightly different situation, but they are going to be the leading tenant in that home. They're going to share it, of course, of course with the Boston Public Schools, but it is an example of what they brought forward in the expansion process was undeniably a situation and a set of circumstances that we had to strongly consider because they were presenting a value proposition to the community in the ways in which they were going to be treated in their venue that was undeniable. Mm. We're talking about building stadiums. We're talking about expansion. We're here on the eve of the championship game. You know, you took over last year and really in kind of the aftermath of everything that had happened in 2021 how did we get from that point where i think people were questioning whether the league would have a future to literally in in two years a place where the league seems to be at its best point ever i think we had to acknowledge where we were coming from and where we had been and you can't from a leadership perspective, expect people who had been through that to be willing to take a leap and take those steps forward until you acknowledge their experience. And I think the things we did right collectively at the league to get through it was to actually meet people where they are, mm. to approach the situation with vulnerability and transparency and remorse and accountability and to say and hear and understand the lived experience of the people in our league and bring them along on the journey. And because of that, we unlocked their trust mm. and they are now the incredible assets who are prepared to embrace the future of our league. Do you ever stop, take a moment and think about all that has been accomplished in those two years? I, I think moments like this force that inflection point yeah. And even thinking about last year's championship and the subjects that I knew I would be and was asked about and seeing how different mm. this is today is really almost like a, a pinch me moment to celebrate and to acknowledge how far we've come. It is, yes, many people's hard work to get to this point. But really, it's a testament to the fact that the world is ready for women's soccer. Mm. The world is ready to celebrate, consume, and be excited and entertained by the incredible product that is the NWSL. And thankfully, we're putting the right tools and resources in place to manifest that in a way that will allow us to capitalize on the future. The world is ready for women's soccer, and so are we here at ESPN. Jessica Berman, thanks so much for making some time here on Football Americas, and congratulations again on a landmark day for the league. Thank you so much.
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. That's right, ESPN, Amazon, Scripps, CBS, all coming together as the next television partner for the NWSL. That'll be next year when the NWSL will be on ESPN+. Plus. This year on ESPN+, Plus, it's La Liga, Real Madrid against Valencia. Coverage begins 2.30 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. Again, that's right here on ESPN+. Plus. Let's get back to the NWSL Championship. OL Reign, what a long journey it's been for them. Made the final back in 2014 and 2015, didn't win. Made the semifinals in 2018 and 2019. Couldn't make the final. Made the semis again in 2021. Won the Shield in 2022. But couldn't get to the final. This year is the four seed. They beat Angel City in the first round. Then beat San Diego Wave in the semifinal to clinch their spot in the NWSL Championship. And joining us now on Football Americas, a couple members of OL Reign and indeed the U.S. Women's National Team, Rose Lavelle and Emily Sonic. Guys, great to have you with us. Congratulations on uh, making the final. Thank Thanks. you. <laughs> so I feel like there's a lot of storylines leading in this game. A lot of it is Megan Rapinoe farewell, Ali Krieger farewell. But for you guys as a team, there's kind of this getting to the final, finally. You've been around longer, but I mean, semifinals in 18, 19, 21, 22, last year with the Supporters' Shield. Like, what does it mean for you guys to finally be in this championship game? Yeah, I mean, I think the past two years I've been here, it's like that's that's when the thing is getting over that kind of semifinal hump. So I think to be able to finally get through that and get to this point is big we obviously still have one more game to play though so I think we can't get too high on our highs we have to um, remember that we still have another task at hand but um, yeah I think it was like great to be able to get over that and get to this point but there's another job and of course you're the reason why right because you showed up this season yeah absolutely <laughs> but I think understanding the history quickly coming mm -hmm. to this team and understanding how hungry they actually are to get over that hump has been exciting and been great to be a part of I want to ask you about Laura Harvey. I want to get both of your perspectives on her, but your case is particularly interesting to me because I feel like, and maybe I'm speaking too strongly, but I feel like you've had a little bit of a renaissance under her uh, this season. What is it about her that kind of brings out the best in you? Well, I think obviously there's like a positional, positional change, mm -hmm. um, and I think Laura will put the best 11 for that game on the field. So how can I, I think being a late add to the team, how can I fit onto the field? And I think she thought let's try you at the six and I feel like it's kind of worked out but um, I think with Laura I think can you be a player that can c complete the game plan for that game mm. and then get feedback after and can you continue to do that and I think this team has actually done pretty well this whole year at that so it's been great she's been obviously linked to the women's national team job you know what do you think makes her special as a manager yeah I think she just has like a tactical sophistication that she brings every game I think we do something a little different every single game that I think makes it hard to, hard to scout. Um, and then I think there's just buy-in from everybody on the team to um, execute that game plan. And then um, I think when we, sh when we aren't able to, um, it's the ability to like come into the locker room, assess the game and look ourselves in the mirror and be like, how can we fix this? What do we do wrong? So I think um, not only just like the tactical side of things, but I think the culture that um, has been created at Rain from Laura, from Lou, Jess, Pino, um, I think it's amazing. It's something that everyone really rallies around. The run to get to the final has been, I'll use the word gritty, right? Like a couple one nothing wins. Specifically, though, against San Diego, like what was it against that team? Because you guys have pretty much had their number all year long. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Um, I think that's a game we've played them how many times? So that was the fifth time? Yeah, uh, fifth time this season you won the first four. Uh, yeah. For some reason, I think that's a game we've always really shown up for. I think 
gritty and going, getting into the playoffs, mm -hmm. and then also is gritty court. fair or do you not I think, like that word? I think word? gritty's really yeah. fair. I think um, it's fair. I don't totally. think I think how close the league was this mm -hmm. year. Um, I think everyone's probably saying they're pretty gritty, trying to get out <laughs> yeah. the last couple wins it's or like ties to, to make it. To play in this league, you have to be gritty <laughs> to play in this league. But I do think the for some reason San Diego this year, this is a, a, a game we've always showed up for, um, and happy that it was the semifinal to kind of be the fifth one and then get us into the final. And of course, everybody would have predicted that your game-winning goals in the playoffs would come from Veronica Latsko, right? I mean, have you, <laughs> yes. did you hear about, she put it on a platter. I mean, the assist was really an it, assist for Shroff. I put it Shroff. on a platter for her. I mean, you know? it's hard to beat that. It's, more people need to be talking about that. <laughs> I know, I know. She, but at least she was She was very honest about it, right? She was like, hey, I didn't. I was not trying to shoot that. I think that might have been the best part. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they always told you as a player, like, you got to take credit, like, that's what you were trying to do, right? She's a little too honest. A little, I, yeah, a little too honest. A little but too honest. Gotta love her for it. Uh, another one of your teammates, obviously Megan Rapino, you know, stepping away after this. How much of sending her off on that high note, you know, how much of that has been kind of a part of this run? Because it feels a lot for both sides, maybe, but a little bit like a last dance, you know, with Jordan. Yeah, I mean, I said this before. It is, it's like pretty poetic that the last game is ending this way, where mm -hmm. Pino and Krieger both get to play um, a championship game for their last game, and um, I think it's definitely something that. We have rallied around. I don't really feel like Pino has made it feel like it's her mm -hmm. um, last season, which has been kind of nice. I think it's we've able we've been able to like still like I mean, operate just as usual. Yeah, like there's not too much pressure. It's her last right. one, yeah. so that's been <laughs> yeah. like really nice. Um, but I think that quote that keeps going around, like the poetic part, like poetry. why 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 is it so poetic? I mean, I would I would suggest it feels very much like two of the all-time greats, kind of end of an era, like one last showdown is that is that why we're saying poetic yeah kind of yeah. yeah it just feels like it was i don't know written in the stars yeah, <laughs> yeah. written in the stars you should take up the marketing campaign for NWSL, <laughs> yeah, I should. Huh? NWSL championship <laughs> written, written in, in the, the stars, stars. <laughs> um all right so let's let's dive into the final like gotham what do you know about them how do you see the matchup what are the keys yeah, I think they um, obviously are a good pressing team. They have a lot of really great pressing players. Lynn is really good at pressing. Mm -hmm. um, I think they have a lot of threats in behind, but then also people that can play. So I think it's going to be um, it's going to be a tough game. I think like tactically, we're going to have to be on it to kind of try to um, shut down those threats, but. Um, I think it'll be fun. Do you have yeah, anything to add? I think there, it's going to be a really good organized side. And mm -hmm. coming back to t tactically, um, speaking for both teams, it's going to be one of those games that we don't really want to give up anything, but what do you give up and then how can you go forward from there? Um, from the defensive side of the ball, what are your worries with Gotham? What are your kind of chief concerns? Well, wouldn't you think... Lynn Williams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, it's me, it's just Esther. It's like, they, you know, they got a. No, I mean, they, they've, I, think, I think they're a team that has kind of grown into the season. Um, so understanding their threats beforehand, how much space you're going to give them, space behind, space in front. Um, yeah, no, I mean, they're going to be a really good side. So understanding what what's the game plan and then what are the solves for, for those certain players. Emily, Rose, thanks so much for the time here on Football Americas and uh, good luck on Saturday in the NWSL Championship. Thank you. Thank you. OL Reign, Gotham FC, NWSL Championship Saturday here in San Diego. Not the most uh, frequent foes, these two. They met in May in Seattle. Gotham won 4-1. to one. They played in April on the East Coast, and OL Reign won 2 to nothing. So the two sides then splitting the season series. And joining us now on Football Americas, Laura Harvey, the manager of OL Reign. Welcome to the show, and congratulations on making a final. Thank you so much. So... It's been a while to try and make this final. 18, mm -hmm. 19 semifinalists. I think we throw 2020 out. That was the COVID year. 21 semifinalists, 22 semifinalists. After winning the Shield, it's got to feel good. Yeah, it feels amazing to be back here, yeah, for sure. I think it's been a long time coming, and uh, we're really happy to be here. What was the difference this year? Honestly, I think that in 21 and 22, when I, when I came back, I think we went on these runs throughout the season where we just got into a rhythm. We felt really good about ourselves, and... Um, and then when it came to crunch time, we did, couldn't quite get over the line. And I think that this year we haven't had that moment. We haven't had that, oh, we're in a groove and we know exactly what it takes. And these are the things that we do amazing. So every game feels like we have to really step our game up to be able to get where we want to go. And uh, I'm hoping that this weekend's the same. 
I used the word gritty to describe the playoff run here. We yeah. just had uh, Rose and Emily on. And they seem to agree. Is that a fair assessment of kind of what it took to get here? Yeah, for sure. I think we haven't played like amazingly attractive football all the time, which we're sort of renowned for. But I think we have shown that grit and determination to stop teams from being dominant against us, which I think we're going to have to do on Saturday. And how much have you been working on the Veronica Latsko cross slash shot? Yes, obviously every day we work on <laughs> Big that. Big part of sure. the game plan. Yeah. 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 Um, but I mean, her performance and I think arrival is kind of this, you know, playoff superstar is unexpected. The fact that she's got both of your game winners in this postseason run. Yeah, it's amazing. I've spoke about it a lot. I think, you know, someone like uh, Veronica doesn't often get the reward she deserves for all the hard work she put in every single day. And it's just super nice for someone like her to be finally getting a little bit of recognition. It's great. So obviously one of the big storylines, aside from the trophy that's, you know, on the line on Saturday is the farewell for Megan Rapino and for Ali Krieger. But we'll focus on Rapino to start here. You know, what's it going to be like watching her suit up for the last time? Yeah, it's been weird because obviously every game, sort of the last four games, yeah. has felt like it could be the last one. And I think we obviously gave her an amazing send-off in Seattle uh, way back when now. But I think she's obviously been such an amazing advocate for the, for the league, for the sport. And then hopefully we can send her off in the best possible way because she fully deserves it, in my opinion. How much has it been talked about? Like, has it been a, a driving force behind this run? Because outside the team, it is being talked a lot about. Honestly, not too much. Okay. I think we spoke about it a little bit throughout the summer, after the World Cup and stuff like that. And then we sort of spoke about it around when it was, you know, her game in Seattle. And then since then, not too much. And I think tomorrow will be nice, like last training session and stuff like that. But there's just a very clear focus with the group on trying to win games. And like, obviously in that clear focus, you're, you're hyper-focused on the game. But can you take a big picture second, as somebody who's been around this league forever, yeah. to kind of acknowledge that... Yes, we're seeing Rapino leave, but also in seeing Ali Krieger leave, we are seeing what feels like, at least to me, as a little bit the end of an era. Would you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. I think that it's sort of the changing of the guard type thing where all these players that have worked so hard on and off the field to change the sport for the best possible way are sort of getting their acknowledgement in the right way before the sport continues to explode onto levels we probably couldn't even recognize. So it's sort of poetic that it's those two in the final. I don't think anyone could have written a script better. What a season it's been for Gotham FC and Lynn Williams. Seven goals, three assists in the regular season campaign. And Gotham FC with Lynn Williams leading the charge, knocking on the door of the NWSL Championship. Gotham FC to take on OL Reign here in San Diego in just a few days' time. We're thrilled to be joined now on Football Americas by Lynn Williams. Lynn, great to have you here on the show. Welcome Thank and congratulations you. on making the final. Thank you. We're super excited. So let's talk a little bit about what it took to get here, right? Because you yeah. guys kind of you get into the playoffs almost through the back door. Yeah. And yet something seems to have happened in the last like month or two of the season and then in this postseason run where you guys seem to be hitting your, your stride. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, this season, the table has been so tight. Um, so it's almost like we've been doing playoffs before even <laughs> playoffs started. Um, yeah, I think that, um, you know, when you have a team that didn't do as well last year, getting into the playoffs, the, the very last push I think we were so excited that we might we might have like fumbled a little bit um, but luckily enough we were able to get into playoffs um, with a plus two goal differential and from there I think we have calmed down and said you know what we're really good we have some ballers on this team we are in this position for a reason um, so let's live into that and, and just bring our best selves every day but I mean going away from home in postseason that's brutally difficult yeah like, that's why teams that are the lower seeds usually lose how have you guys been able to pull off back-to-back -back road wins? 
Well, I think uh, statistically we actually are better on the road. Yeah, so yeah. I think that we, um, I don't know what's in the water um, when we're on the road, but uh, we just have continued that throughout the season and just been able to, you know, stay focused on the road and, and make wherever we are feel like our home. So Gotham FC is a super interesting story, kind of big picture to me, mm -hmm. because there is this, you know, over the last year or two, a turnaround in terms yeah. of worst to first. But if we go back to like the Sky Blue FC days, there's mm -hmm. really been like a, a 180 turnaround in what yeah. this organization is. Can you put your finger on what's working right now for Gotham FC? I think it's investment, not just money investment, but time and um, willingness to see this team succeed. Um, I can't speak for what happened last year or the years prior. Um, I think on paper as, as a competitor um, looking at this team, I've always been a little confused of why they haven't been doing as well. Um, but I think at the very, very beginning of the season, you have Yael come in and she said, look, we know we've need, we needed to do better, um, but we're going to start this year and we are going to lay this foundation down. We didn't skip steps. We just said this is where we're at and we're going to grow it from here. And then you bring on Juan Carlos and his staff and then you start bringing in players to get around that same culture. And um, I think that's where it is, is just living in and, and buying into this idea of like we gotta be where we're at and, and grow from there and um, I think that's why we're where we're at right now. So one of the huge storylines you know coming into this final is mm -hmm. Allie Krieger's farewell yeah. tour, Megan Rapinoe's farewell tour. From the from the Allie side of things how big a part of this run has sending her off right been for you guys? Oh huge. Really? It's yeah. not just what we're seeing in the because <laughs> when I see I guess for me the big moment was after you guys clinched the spot at the end of the regular season. Yeah. Like, the cheer is not like Gotham. It's like, Allie gets one more game. Yeah. You could tell it was very much, if not a priority, like close to that for you guys. Yeah, I think that this team has done a really good job of celebrating every single moment, every single accomplishment. Um, if it's, you know, Jenna getting player of the month, rookie of the month, whatever, or if it's Krieger doing something, or if it's me, or if it's all around, we've been able to celebrate each other's moments, and we recognize that this is a huge Krieger moment. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but I think at the same time, we recognize that the job's not done yet. We we obviously are like, we're doing this as a collective, but we want to be able to to send her off with, with a trophy. Um, I think when you look hopefully forward to the end of your career, you want people to rally behind you as well. So um, it's a little thing that we can do to, to make her feel like, okay, this is my last hurrah. As a teammate, can you put into words kind of what makes Allie so special? Because I feel like, obviously, amazing playing resume. Yeah. But she is really deeply beloved by yeah. fans. Can you put your finger on why? Yeah, I think that Allie um, really gives all of herself to not just the team, but to any person that she is in communication with. Um, and she does it with so much grace and she does it without even complaining or anything. She like fully gives herself to, to the moment that she's in. Um, I think that you see that with her when, um, I know this is a, a hard moment in her career, but when she wasn't called into the national team for two years, it wasn't, at least from my perspective, mm -hmm. it, she didn't complain. She just said, you know what, I'm going to put my full heart into, um, at the time, Orlando, and I'm going to give that the NWSL everything I have and then I'm going to come to Gotham and I'm going to give them everything I have and in turn she was able to get back to the national team and I think that you see that throughout her career in every moment she's like I'm just going to give what I have in this moment if that's a hundred percent of her best or 90 percent she's going to just empty her take every single day. So it's also the last match for Megan Rapinoe obviously you know you're trying to spoil her party in this <laughs> yeah but you can I'm sure also appreciate all that she means not just to the women's game in a broad sense but very yeah. specifically to the NWSL. Yeah, Pino's uh, a friend and I love her so much. Uh, she's done so much for women's soccer, um, but she's had enough, all right? <laughs> so, so it's time for her to just relax um, and, and not do anything crazy. Um, I hope she has a good game, but like yeah. I hope they lose. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you love her, but, but there exactly. is a trophy on the line and a really nice trophy, by exactly. the way. What do you think of it? Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. I think it's an incredible trophy, um, and I want it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Megan has had enough, you know. She's, She's had got enough, enough hardware there. Um, so let's dive in on the final. Yeah. Kind of, I know I know the the scouting report that's really on the clipboard, we're not gonna get that. But you know, when you think of your opponent, when you think of OL Rain, what do you gotta do to stop them? 
You got to take away their their magicians, their threats, mm. their their playmakers. Um, you know they have Hide'em up top, who is great in the air. But you have Rose is obviously back, and Jess Fishlock, who and Sonnet, who has they have solidified that that midfield. Um, so to be able to take away their playmakers, get in their head, and and um, just make them have a bad day. Mm. Where do you guys see your strength? on Saturday? Um, you know, I think that we are a team that also has great playmakers, but we have the ability to hit you in behind as well. So um, just knowing when when to play and when to go long um, will hopefully be our key to success. I got one more question for yeah. you, but again, it's kind of a, um, a big picture question because obviously we're also among the many things we're celebrating here today is the new television deal yeah. uh, for the NWSL. ESPN is going to be a part of that. We're really excited. When I think of players whose careers are most closely tied to the National Women's Soccer League, mm -hmm. no joke, you're not on the list or near the top of the list. You are the first name on the <laughs> list because you very much, to me, kind of proved yourself in the NWSL yeah. and earned the U.S. Women's National Team spot at a time when it wasn't always that way, right? And yeah. NWSL success hasn't always been a straight ticket to the national team as we're seeing it be now. Yeah. Um, do you ever feel like your story is kind of caught up in the story of the growth of this league? And then I wonder how that makes you feel on a, on a significant day like t today. Yeah, I think I definitely do. Um, you know, I was somebody who didn't grow up in the youth system of, of the national team. And I didn't go to 17, 15, whatever, all the things. Um, I got called up to like two U20s before I hit the full team. Um, or sorry, U23s. And I think that... You know, at that time, I was like, am I ever going to get to the national team? And in my mind, it was always national team or bust because there was no league at the time. Um, and then finally, when the league got here, it was just another avenue for people to be seen by by their nation and showing that this play matters. Um, and I just, I, I think I owe a lot to the NWSL. And so I'm really passionate about, like, its growth and, and the investment in it and bringing the players. And I think in my time, just seeing how much growth there has been already um, is incredible, but we need more. So, um, so yeah, I do. I think it is. You say we need more. What, what do you think's next, right? Because, I mean, uh, what, yeah. what, I, what I see today from a very cynical standpoint is the money the league is going to be making off this TV yeah. deal is 40 times what it was last year. Yeah. Um, as a player, like, you, you know that. What do you think they need to do with that? Yeah, I think that money is exciting, but if you don't have a plan, um, you just have money. Um, I think that you look at teams like uh, Chicago, our team, um, Portland, they, I, their ownership. Um, oh, who else? Uh, like, there needs to be more um, investment. You know, the, we we seeing LA and FC and all these teams coming in. You, the fans are incredible. But what about the teams that have been here for a long mm. time? Like, what what's the plan with them? How do we get them to the standards? Are everybody's facilities um, in in tip top shape? Um, we're asking. Uh, our players to play a longer season with not as much support in the medical and the um, you know like do teams have enough staff are they wearing too many hats you know so I think that investments in those places obviously money helps and money talks um, but if we don't have a an actual plan of where to put that money then um, then I'm interested to see where we go. All right. There she is, uh, Lynn Williams. Great to have you here with us on Football Americas and good luck Thank on you. Saturday in Thank the NWSL so Championship. been a great season for Lynn Williams and Gotham FC. There you see some of her statistical successes throughout the 2023 campaign, helping to get Gotham FC all the way to the NWSL Championship, where they're going to face off against OL Reign right here in San Diego. And of course, we know NWSL will be coming to ESPN next year. USL on ESPN this year. USL Championship game this Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time. Charleston Battery against Phoenix Rock. And, of course, you can catch that game on ESPN2. Charleston against Phoenix for the top spot in the USL Championship. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Beautiful images of downtown San Diego, California as we get set for the uh, NWSL championship game that's uh, coming up here on Saturday. OL Reign against Gotham FC. And joining me now here, Jeff Kasouf. You can find his work over at our website, ESPN.com. Also does great work uh, over at Equalizer Soccer. What do you think of the festivities so far today? Busy day on your end, huh? Yeah, this is spectacular. Even a few years ago, we did not have this. A uh, proper media day, some actual pomp and circumstance. Mm-hmm. It's, it feels like a proper event, which it should. Yeah. We talked about it on the show, I guess it was on Monday, mm-hmm. right? Where we talked about this being maybe not the expected final, mm-hmm. but the dream final. As you see the kind of gathered media here. Do you sense that the hype we would have thought we'd get out of an Ali Krieger Megan Rapino farewell match finale has actually been delivered? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's on the game itself, right? I mean, to, to deliver uh, I think two legends of the game and, and to have them, I mean, it could be a bit of a head-to-head matchup even. I think it's you know, the hype is there and I think, you know hopefully we get a good game, but I think it's on the league too to, to sell that point, right? So, yeah, I think I think we've gotten uh, a pretty good amount of hype. And it sounds like we're going to have a pretty good crowd on Saturday. Yeah. I know that's that's a big concern, and we talked about it with the commissioner, Jessica Berman. What do you do with your final? Do you put it in a place where you know you're going to have at least one of the teams involved, or do you, you know, set a neutral site, which gives you other advantages? I think, you know, when you see a Gotham FC and an OL Reign, those teams are from far away. You might have thought, oh, there might not be a lot of folks present for this final. They've already sold, what, 22, 25,000 tickets? It looks like they're well on their way. I mean, it's not a sellout, yeah. uh, but it'll be close. It'll be a good crowd. Yeah, it'll be a good crowd. And I, I do think the big challenge with that, right, is, is venue availability. And this this is a league where teams are often still second, maybe third tenants. Mm. So to leave that to chance on a one-week notice for a final, I think this is, she's been asked frequently, by myself included, of do you stay to this neutral venue or this predetermined venue? And, and this gives them the ability to make an event like this with some amount of planning mm-hmm. where they can plan ahead and not risk it on maybe a venue that doesn't support this. Yeah. All right, so let's dive into the two protagonists of this game. We'll start with Ali Krieger. Uh, we had a chance to talk with her, obviously, on this show. You've had a chance to talk with her. It, it really does seem like, even though I would, I think most people would say, well, Megan Rapinoe is more well-known. Megan Rapinoe is more famous. She has a higher Q rating. There is like a deep, deep appreciation for Ali Krieger from the hardcore NWSL fans that I think we've really seen come through over the last couple weeks and even months as we've known that her the end of her career is coming. Yeah, absolutely. I think from her teammates as well. I think across the league and the sport. I mean, you know, it's a player who has done a lot for the game. I think I think as a human, she spoke about this a lot today. She she brings a human element that she's she's no better than anybody else because she's a pro footballer is what she just said earlier. So um, she's lived that. She's sort of exuded that throughout her career. I think that's made her as likable as she is, right? And that's why I think, you know, two very famous, likable players that, that you know, obviously uh, one is going to be on the wrong side of things on yeah. Saturday. But, you know, I think she is a player who is extremely respected as well. Yeah. Speaking of respect, I mean, I think in women's soccer circles, there are few people that get more of it than Megan Rapinoe. You think about women's soccer stars who have transcended the sport. It's a really short list. And on Saturday, we're saying goodbye to one of the few players to cut through all that and do so. And I think it's important, too. It's, it's almost fitting that it is a rain game. She had her goodbye with the U.S., but if you talk to Megan Rapinoe about how she built her game, she did it in Seattle, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we saw it at the international stage. We saw it come to fruition. Uh, but a lot of that happened 
behind closed doors or away from cameras in Seattle with the rain where she's been for 10 years and she's never been able to along with some of the others deliver a championship to this team that she's come to you know make a second home in Seattle so I think this is very important for her I think it's fitting that it is in a club setting where finally a league she helped build has a big time event like this oh well rain I mean they are the team that has been knocking on the door but unable to break through in the finals in 2014 and 2015 great seasons in 2018 19 21 22 getting to the semifinals but you know couldn't get to that kind of final hump so you know this ol rain team really seems like this is the moment for them doesn't it it seems like if it's going to be ever it's kind of got to be now. Well, look, I said that last year. So, I mean, yeah, you know. They were shield look, winners last and, year. Yeah. And they've gotten farther than they did last year. So, you know, I think it's interesting because you look at that 2014 rain team, best team arguably in the world, hmm. arguably the best team we've ever seen in this league. And obviously they fell short at this stage. And then they did it again the next year. And 2015 final that they lost, Laura Harvey's told me multiple times in the past month even, she never forgets that because hmm. she feels like they didn't show up. It wasn't that they got outplayed. They just never showed up. So I think it'll be a really interesting uh, uh, dynamic on Saturday of how do the rain come out? What does that mean for Megan Rapino's legacy? I mean, I think is pretty firmly yeah. in place, but you know, Laura Harvey's coaching legacy and, and where she's at, a couple of other players, Lou Barnes and Jess Fishlock, who've been here since the beginning. So I don't think this is actually the best rain team we've ever seen in a final, but you know, maybe perhaps the best shot and certainly the last shot for Rapino and maybe a few others. When we talk about legacy, because we've talked to both of the players about it, you know, they have everything on their resumes, Megan Rapino and Allie Krieger, but they don't have an NWSL championship. How important do you think it would be for their legacies, which are obviously solidified with the national team successes, but what does that NWSL title mean to players who have done it all? Yeah, I asked Allie Krieger this last week, and she said it'd be the cherry on top is mm. how she described it. It wouldn't make or break her career, right, with all the, you know, the two World Cups, but um, I do think it means something, and I think it genuinely means something to these two players because they do feel like they've been part of building this league and they have both of them I mean Krieger was in a penalty shootout in 2016 came up short in a final so you know I think to, to fall short and and not have that title I don't think it will you know hurt their legacy hugely but I think whichever one of them walks away with this it, it completes that picture right it completes the trophy yeah. case for them so Megan Rapino and Allran we mentioned they kind of been knocking on this door for a while it's a totally different story for Gotham FC um, not only the worst to first kind of in over the last few years but if you think about what Sky Blue FC was and what it kind of stood for to NWSL fans am I being too harsh to suggest that it was like the laughing stock of the league for a while and yet here we are with Gotham FC in the championship. How did that happen? Yeah, no, you're not being too harsh. I think yeah. I've described it as that myself. And, and look, I mean, you had players, as we know famously, talking, you know, taking ice baths and yeah. trash cans and living in terrible housing situations. Uh, how it transformed, I mean, you talk to the players, one, year over year, it's the coaching staff and the change there. Um, but, you know, I think there's the investment. There's We, we saw new ownership investment this, this week out of Gotham. Um, it's, it's something where top-down there's been changes culturally, investment, and this is a team that really, I mean, literally with the rebrand a few years ago, had to reinvent itself from a, a franchise that was looked at globally as like a place to not be. Right. So, yeah. yeah. I wonder then if we think about Gotham FC as kind of going from worst to first, completing that, that, that full 180 turnaround. Do you think it's an organization that can continue to build on this, or is this a little bit of like a flash in the pan? Yeah, look, that's the challenge, right? Because last year's final, we saw Kansas City Current yep. last place the year prior. That's really the story in that episode. You see teams, <laughs> I mean, worst to first and first to worst like nothing. Yeah, we, t we talk about this as the league of transition on the field. It is the league of transition off the field. Yeah. There's constantly a blockbuster trade, stars moving, and it's hard to keep continuity. I think the few teams that have done it, the rain is one of them without the title still, but, you know, it's, it's commend commendable to them that they've been able to do it. So I think Gotham, you look at it, okay, the coaching is part of it, so coach needs to stick around. Mm -hmm. That's part of it. Um, you know, roster has some veteran players that might have some turnover, so there will be challenges. I think having that core in place is important. I think it's possible, but look, expansion's coming again. We've got an expansion draft with two new teams. There are a lot of ways in which rosters get picked apart every single offseason in this league, so that's going to be a huge challenge. I think it's doable, but it's not going to be easy. Let's kind of focus in on the final itself. 
I want to start off the field, though, actually in the technical area, because I feel like we have talked a lot about Laura Harvey, but it's actually Juan Carlos Amoroso that's the coach of the year and who you keep talking about when you're talking about the coaching uh, at Gotham FC. Where do you see the edge there? Yeah, I think Juan Carlos Amoroso has been really impressive. His staff, too. I mean, you look at you just look at some of his assistants and, um, you know, what they're doing. They're playing chess with players to, to mimic a, an opponent's tactics. Um, I think that they've really gotten the tactics right. They pulled the strings the right way. They did it in the semifinal against Portland. You look at some of the moves. Portland made big moves. Gotham made the right moves. You look at Esther Gonzalez, a number nine, almost playing as a number six for half a game. Um, things that maybe you don't even necessarily expect, but I think he's been able to see, okay, I've got this quality quality in a player. I can play her in a certain way and maybe in a way that the opponent's not expecting. And it's come to fruition in a way that has Gotham in a final. I think it's huge credit to, to him and his staff. From the Gotham FC perspective, what do you think is their chief concern and then maybe the area where they can do the most damage on Saturday? Well, I think defensively they're sound. So in terms of strengths, um, you know, you look at, we just talked about Krieger. She's led that. Defensively, they've been very good this, this postseason. And then in terms of doing damage, I mean, I keep looking at this roster, how it's constructed, and you you look at Lynn Williams, sixth time in 10 years here that her team has been in a final. Mm. And there are a lot of winners on both of these teams, but I look at her, um, she's got the three titles to her name, you know, is is up there with the most leading goal scorers in this league history. So, you know, I look at Lynn Williams as a game-changing player for Gotham, and I think that's where she could do some damage against, you know, a Rain back line that will know her, but will be challenged. What about OL Rain? Where can they win this game? Well, the midfield is a huge battle. I think you look at Gotham and they feel that their midfield is their strength. I think you look at this matchup and you'd say the rain have the names in midfield and for a reason, right? I mean, Jess Fishlock as one example of, again, like Rapino, 10 years here with with the rain uh, is a workhorse, is somebody who can get that entire team going if they need a bit of a kick in the butt. So, you know, I think that you look at the midfield with Fishlock in particular and honestly, Rose Lavelle, 90 minutes fit. We saw that in the semifinal. Huge difference for the rain for her to be in that position, pulling the strings and making things happen. They're a different team with her. All right, we got to get to our top 10 NWSL goals of the season, but real quick, before before we do that, prediction. Prediction. I'm going to go 1 0 Gotham in a tightly contested yes. defensive game. Yeah. Uh, you know, we like to uh, have our betting segment here on this show, Book It. I do not see this game going over <laughs> two and a half goals. I, a very defensive affair, I think, is a, uh, a safe bet here. So, okay, uh, you got a 1 0? 1 0. 1 0. Okay. That'll do it for us here. Jeff, great to have you with us. Thanks for stopping yeah, by. Great to be here. I love San Diego. Excellent. All right. So, uh, we'll look out for your work on ESPN.com. You'll be covering it with uh, Cesar Hernandez throughout the, uh, throughout the rest of the weekend. And that'll do it for us here on episode 300 of Football Americas. We dearly, dearly missed our good friend Hercules Gomez, who has been a huge part of this effort and of this show. He'll be back on Monday, and we'll be back with plenty of more great interviews. Coming up on Monday, show Paxton Erickson. We've got Nikki Bandini going to be joining us to talk some Syria, and John Arks, the U.S. men's national team legend, joining us as well. We'll have plenty of rosters to discuss as well. Not just the U.S. men's national team, the Mexican roster out as well, plus full coverage of the NWSL Championship on Saturday. Thanks for watching us for all 300 episodes of Football Americas. For Jeff Kasuf, producer Beto, Rafa Luna, pareja el camarógrafo mejor de todo el mundo. I'm Sebi Salazar signing off from San Diego. We will see you on Saturday for the NWSL Championship, OL Reign and Gotham FC.